The lesson is taken from Matthew chapter 13. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. And while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And going to verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. I pray that you would teach us about your patience, of your wisdom, and of your love. I pray that in this passage, we would gain an understanding of how we are to interact with people in our world. That we would not stand as judges of others, but that we would simply be faithful in the call that you've given to us to tell other people uh, the word of God, uh, to speak the word of God to others, which calls to repentance and trust in the good news of the gospel. So Lord, I pray that your word today would enter into our ears, from our ears to our hearts, and from our hearts out of our lives that we would live in accordance to what you have to say. To your glory and to your honor, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we look at this passage today, the first thing that I notice from it is that God is patient. He is such a patient God. There is uh, deep wisdom in God's patience. He says, don't go out and pull out the weeds. Don't don't be hasty in pulling the weeds out because in pulling the weeds, you'll do great damage. Great wisdom in his patience. And, And that patient wisdom is rooted in God's steadfast love. His love for all people which is an unconditional love. 
So in the parable, we see that God doesn't hurry to pull the weeds up. God is not in a hurry to bring judgment upon sinners. He's patient. He's wise. And he is loving. He's giving time for people, the people of this world, to repent and believe the good news of the gospel. We serve a God who is patient, wise, and loving. And through the ages, people who bear the name Christian and who have led the church have attempted to pull the weeds prematurely. Many people have tried to do God's job for him. Many have stood as judge and jury and executioner. And in so doing, they've done great damage. You know history, the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition, witch trials, are only a part of the church attempting to pull the weeds of unrighteousness, but in so doing, they took God's place. And they didn't show forth the patience, the wisdom, and the love of God. And not only is that the case throughout history, that's also the case in my life. And in your life. We don't have the patience, the wisdom, and the love of God. We want to get out in that field. And pull out the weeds of wickedness of unrighteousness. And in so doing, we do great damage in our world. So we're not called to go into our world to exterminate unbelievers. We're not called to go into our world and pull out wickedness. We're not called to go into our world to be judge, jury, and executioner of all the people that we see on the media or within our own community. We're not called to judge unbelievers. We're called to love unbelievers. We're called to be salt and light to this dark world that does not believe and does not have faith. So don't fall into the trap of being the judge of being the one who determines uh, uh, what is, who's a weed and who is a, a fruitful stock of grain. Don't fall into the trap of being the judge. I was thinking as I was going through the sermon, thinking of the Apostle Paul. Many of you know his story. Before God changed his name to Paul, the Apostle, what was his name? Saul of Tarsus. Before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was Saul of Tarsus. He hated Christians. He hated Christians and he even sought to destroy the church. So here's this great Pharisee of Judaism. He went out, he thought he was doing God's work. And he thought that God's work was to destroy Christians. Galatians. Paul wrote this. It's on the screen, I think, Ian, Galatians 1.13. For you have heard of my 
previous way of life in Judaism, he says how intently I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. Now, if I was a Christian living in the early church during the time of Saul, when Saul of Tarsus was breathing out murderous threats against the church, I would never in my wildest dreams imagine that Saul would be saved and become a preacher. If I was a Christian living in that time, I would have lived in fear that this man would come knocking on my door. And yet this man who did so much damage to the church, so much damage to the church, becomes one of the great preachers in the church. Think of that. And the gospel was spread around the world. And he wrote most of the New Testament. He did so much damage, yet God used him. And that is the patient, wise, and loving way of our God. As I'm driving down the street and I see certain people along Highway 99, thoughts of judgment enter my head. Hmm, I look at certain people and certain situations in life. And I become, become a, a judge of them. Rather than having God's love, praying for his wisdom, for those who are down and out, who've made bad choices, rather than having prayers of concern, I judge people. It's not my place. It's not my place to judge people. Convicted after reading the story of a homeless man who slept behind his local Kmart in Little Rock, Arkansas. Homeless man who was addicted to alcohol. One day, a man filled with, with the patience, the wisdom, and the love of Jesus shared the gospel with him and left him a, a gospel booklet to read. And this homeless man was able to find some candles to purchase in Kmart. And at night, he would light that candle and he would read that book about Jesus. And he gave his life to Jesus. He became a Christian. And he went into treatment. He got clean and sober. He became a real estate investor. He bought that old Kmart building in the middle of Little Rock, Arkansas. He became the owner of the very uh, place where he used to bed down at night. The place where he met Jesus. Well, one day a young preacher with a growing congregation was looking for a building. He heard that the old Kmart in Little Rock was for sale. And he said, oh, there's no way we'd be able to afford it. Something said, just go and check it out. So he went and he talked with the owner of that Kmart and he heard the story. And he was able to secure that building for an unbelievable price. And that church is still there today. It's Mosaic Church 
in Little Rock, Arkansas today, people in that area are hearing the good news of the gospel. You see, we are quick to judge. I would never in my wildest dreams see somebody like that and and see what what God could do through a situation that I, in my mind, would think that that can't be redeemed. It's because God's patient. His, His wisdom is beyond our wisdom. And he loves. So we can't even begin to dream of what God is able to do in people's lives. We can't even imagine the power and the scope of his life-changing grace. God is patient. I'm so impatient. Uh, You see, I want to do God's job for him. I want to be the judge determining things that I'm not capable of determining. But God is wise. I'm so unwise. Unable to see his plans and his purposes in this world. And God is love, but I am far from showing forth the love of God towards others. So in response, I need to repent. I need to repent and join Jesus in his mission. You see, Jesus is in this world and he is scattering the seed of the good news of the gospel through his faithful disciples. And I need to join Jesus in spreading good news rather than judging others. And we spread the good news of the gospel because people are in need of it. And we have good news in a world that is full of bad news. And we need to spread this good news because one day Jesus will come again. We confess that he is coming again to judge the living and the dead. And we want many more to be saved. To know Jesus. To be gathered into his kingdom at the harvest. And at harvest time, the wheat and the weeds will be pulled. Both the saved and the unsaved will be taken up out of this world. And when Jesus comes again, he will judge the living of the dead. And as all of humanity stands before the judgment seat of God, there will be a separation. A separation as weeds are separated from wheat. Jesus also used other images. Jesus used the image of good fish and bad fish. Look at your screen. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. Verse 49, this is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not our job to judge who the good fish are and who the bad fish are. Not our job. What is our job? Our job 
is to love. And the way we love is by calling people to repent and to believe the good news of the gospel. Jesus also used the image of sheep and goats. In Matthew 25, 31 and 33, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. It's not our job to judge who are the sheep and the goats. Our job is to love people, lovingly call them to repent and to believe the good news of the gospel. We let God sort it out in the end. And I'm so glad that our God is patient, wise, and loving. In First Peter, or Second Peter, I believe, Second Peter chapter 3, it's readings on the screen, He says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is what? He is patient. He's patient with you. I'm so grateful for that. And then, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. Then verse 10, this is why we spread the good news of the gospel. Because he, he loves people. He wants people to repent. But then he says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. so grateful that God is patient with me. I don't deserve his patience. I don't deserve his forgiveness. But God's desire for you, for all people, for me, is that we be saved and trust in him. That none of us perish. But I ask the question now, Can a person have assurance that they will be saved on Judgment Day? Can a person have that assurance? Can anyone know for sure that they will be saved? Or is it arrogant to say, oh, I know I'm going to be saved on Judgment Day? Well, let me tell you today that you can... Enter Judgment Day with assurance, with confidence. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to enter into God's judgment, before God's judgment seat today, that you would be welcomed into His kingdom of light for eternity. You can know today that you're saved. You can know that you have the assurance of salvation. And let me tell you this, that confidence is not based upon your own ability. 
That confidence isn't found in something that you have accomplished or done for God. We don't have confidence that we are going to enter into the glory of His eternal kingdom because we're wonderful people. Because when we really look deep down inside of ourselves, when we really get to know each other, we come to understand that we're really not all that wonderful. That we have problems. That we have failures. That we have difficulties in life. So that confidence that you can have today is not based upon your own ability to earn God's forgiveness or your own ability to save yourself. John 3, 16 and 17, so foundational to our faith. Nothing basic about it. I was going to say basic. Now this is foundational. This is the meat of the gospel. This is the A to Z, not the ABCs. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, for God so loved you, that he gave his one and only Son. Listen to this, that whoever believes in him, you hear that? Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Believe in him? You believe today that he died upon the cross to take away your sins? Do you believe today that he rose again to give you the gift of everlasting life? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You are saved. You have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. If Jesus didn't come into this world to condemn the world, then what right do I have to stand in judgment of others? For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but what? To save the world through Him. Do you believe? You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then you are saved. You do not need to fear the day of God's judgment. You do not need to fear that day of separation. The separation of the wheat from the weeds or of the good fish from the bad fish or of the sheep and the goats. You don't need to fear judgment. Today you can live with assurance that you are loved. That you are forgiven. And that you possess the gift of everlasting life. So in response to this good news, let us be a people who stop looking at our world in judgment. But rather, let us look at people through the eyes of Jesus. So when we look at other people through the eyes of Jesus... It changes our perspective completely. Do you see people as Jesus sees people? And let us be a, a people of godly patience. 
of His wisdom and of His love. When I look at others through the eyes of Jesus, I can truly see all people as having infinite value. Infinite value. Because the price that Jesus paid upon the cross is we can't even put any sort of price tag upon it. People are worth our patience. People are worth seeing them with godly wisdom, not of what the situation is right now in their life, but of what can be and of love. Why? Because Jesus died for them. The second person of the Holy Trinity, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, suffered upon the cross for them. He died for them. He died for those people that irritate you out on the streets. Those people on the news that you just don't understand where they're coming from politically. He died for them. He rose for them. So that they too would be assured of God's love, the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. To see the glory of heaven for eternity. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you so much for the truth of your word. Help us, Heavenly Father, today to live with your perspective, with your patience, with your wisdom, with your love. We need you, Jesus. So, Lord, as I go about my life today, as I encounter people today within this community, I pray that I would not look with judgment. I pray that I would look at people through your eyes with that patient wisdom and love. And Lord, I pray that you would help our congregation to grow in these things and to be transformed by these things and to touch our world and the reality of who you are and of what you have done. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all of God's children say, Amen. Amen.